0: You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Busy 7 o'clock hour. Dave Dickinson, the head coach and GM of your Calgary Stampeders will join us at the bottom of the hour. We're playing Impossible Flames trivia. Your chance to win a $50 gift card DeVake Bruco and some swag and throughout the program uh, in honor of uh, Aaron Rogers uh, putting a giant steel lineman in a casket, bro, I don't even know who you are. Uh, we're asking you nine sixty nine sixty name and location best beer league chirp you've heard. Either you've given out, you've received, you've been an earshot of nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Some of these are great. We'll do those at eight 30, but it's been a minute since we've talked to our next guest. On the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline, he covers the Calgary Flames for Sportsnet. We say good morning to the franchise, Mr. Eric Francis. Sir, how are you?
1: I'm excellent. How are you?
0: Good. How are you, pal? Like, uh, how was the vacay?
1: Summer's been great, man. It's, uh, you know, the weather's been phenomenal here, and uh, life's good. I don't know. I'm On my way to the golf course right now, life couldn't be better.
0: (laughs) Um... I thought about you with um, all this Taylor Swift madness in Canada, the, sh- the six <laughs> shows in Toronto, how nobody can get tickets, yet you took your kids to see Taylor Swift in Vegas like a boss, and I tip my cap to you, sir.
1: Yeah, I'm still paying for it. It's uh, that was <laughs> that was a, uh, I mean, I got daddy points. That's that's something, I guess. But uh, right, can yeah, you cash those in I'll for something? Yeah, one day I hope to, but I don't think it's going to work out. The, the, the price tag and compared to where we – like we had the worst seats in the entire Allegiant Stadium, and they were like, I think, 1,200 U.S. It was an experience. I mean, she's a talented lady, that Taylor Swift. But uh, what's, what got me to daddy points even more, though, was at the very last minute, the other family we went with, they got stage, stage side seats. Like two of them. And uh somebody some my buddy's client, blah blah blah. And the tears in my daughter's eyes, she's sixteen years old, when I told her that her and her girlfriend were gonna sit next to the stage. Um, those are the daddy points that I'm gonna cling to for the wow. rest of my life.
0: Well is it, it cool. aren't the daddy Francis, aren't the daddy points cashed in while you're lying on your deathbed and your kids are around you? Isn't that the daddy points?
1: No, I'm not. The way I see it, the daddy point for this. <laughs> okay. She, wow. she comes back from university, and she yeah. says, "I think I'm going to move home." And I say, "Can I cash in my daddy points now and, and make sure that you you don't start coming back onto the <laughs> payroll like?" And I love my daughter. Don't get me wrong. Right. I, I see so many friends whose whose kids go away to university. They do the happy dance. They think, "Okay." four years six years whatever it takes i'm off the payroll and then they come back and mm. they want more and they want to live with you and i'm like ah uh, that's not part of the deal yeah anyway, i talk big i love my kids i'm gonna miss them like hell and i'll probably want them to come move back but uh i i i'm talking like a tough guy now like i want her to stay away
0: well but you are driving to golf so i think maybe that's part of it um Francis, wanted to ask you here too because there has to be something that's irking you that we'll get to at the bottom of the at the end of the interview, right?
1: You know, I was thinking about it. Summertime. I still gotta. You know, the kids are back to school tomorrow. Like, okay, I'll think about it. But I'm not sure anything's irking me right now. I'm going okay. To all right. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. we'll see. We'll see at the end of the interview. Good.
0: Um. Yeah. Y- you've been the master on our show of like giving us like saying something without saying something and giving us timelines. Is there anything, like, Elias Lindholm-wise that you can give us a sense of that will have some sort of answer within a specific period of time?
1: No, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. Like, I had a very interesting chat with Rasmus Anderson from Sweden uh, yesterday, or whatever, Monday, I guess it was. And he kind of, you know, shed some light on something that I wasn't, I don't think I fully understood, like, I thought it was pretty clear. Listen, he's really close with Lindholm and Backlund. Sees them all summer long in, in Sweden. Plays golf with those boys and stuff. He had told me that Michael Backlund doesn't want to re-sign right now, but it's a completely well, let's wait and see approach. Like he want. I thought when Michael Backlund said, "I want to see what they do," I thought he meant in this off season. But he's saying his hmm. understanding is. Backlund is like, I'm coming to camp. I'm not putting my name to a piece of paper just yet, but I'm coming to camp, and let's just see. If, if things are in a, going in a good way, I'd be happy to re-sign with the Calgary Flames. If they're not going in a good way, then he's gone. So I think that there's a real belief that the same goes for Elias Lindholm. He said to me that it's really a numbers game right now, which is, opti- you know, if you want to be optimistic, I think you can read into that like, willing to stay here if the price is right the flames up their price lindholm has his price so in terms of timelines i kind of think they're irrelevant right now i don't think it matters when uh he signs i think the important thing is that he's open uh to signing here and he'd like to be here if the money was right so that's kind of how i'll answer that question
2: should there be concern among the fan base, given any of these timelines? It feels like there is, because obviously of some of the exodus a couple of seasons ago, but should there be? Because, you know, they still do have a a year left on their contract, and after all the change, I think it's fair to wonder what things are going to be like, at least for the start of the season here in Calgary, if you were a player on the team in the last couple of years.
1: Oh my God, yeah. like Concern for sure there should be. I mean, three of your three of your most important assets are, are likely out the door within the next six months. And, and, and everybody wants to know exactly when they're going to be out the door. We know one of them is gone. Hannafin, it's pretty clear, by all accounts, uh, is, has said, I'm definitely not resigning here. I'm not taking the wait-and-see approach. I, I see greener pastures out there. I just got to figure out where they are. And the Flames have to figure out where those are going to be, too. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of concern when you're number one center and your your captain. You know, Anderson said to me the other day, he goes, don't kid yourself, like, our captain last year was Michael Backlund. In our room, our captain was Michael Backlund. And, obviously, he's not going to be named captain this year because he's not going to resign in timely fashion. Uh, but the fact that they see him as their captain and he's he got one foot out the door – that's concerning, too. So I, I could see why a lot of people um, are very concerned about about this team. and But I also could see how a lot of people are very optimistic about this team uh, for a lot of reasons, and you guys have gone over them over and over and over them. Um, you know, two years ago, this was a damn good team. Last year, everybody had a bad year. Surely it's going to bounce back to the mean this summer or this winter. And, and if, that, if so their goaltender, then this could be a damn good team. So uh, it's a a very interesting time to be a Flames fan, that's for sure, and a Flames reporter.
2: What were some of the things about Rasmus Anderson, your chat with him that maybe stood out as far as how his offseason went and his approach to the upcoming year with all the change in the front office and the coaching staff?
1: You you know what stood out is um, he kept using the mantra, embrace the chaos. Embrace the chaos. You know, he says what we really need this year is a quiet season. He says, But I know that's not possible in a Canadian market where everything's quiet and we can just play under the radar and we can be left alone by the media and fans. I mean I'm not it's just not possible. So I like that what he's saying is, you know, let's just embrace that. We're gonna be scrutinized, all the stuff's gonna go on. But let's let's try to get our swagger back. I mean easier said than done. Um, you know, the one thing, another thing that stuck out is he said he thought that they were scared last year um, because they had Goudreau and Kachuk, who basically won most of their games for him the year before with that incredible line. With those guys being gone, he said it was almost like everybody was looking around the room saying, well, who's going to who's going to step up here? And late in all those one goal games, he said, we were we played scared. We played like we were scared. We just wanted to get to overtime. And then, of course, when it got to overtime, they had no confidence. So it was a really bad kind of mixture there. So he says, this year, we want to play much more aggressively. We want to go out there and play like we're not scared to win. We want to play out there to win and not worry about making that mistake in the last five, ten minutes of the game that has cost us. So a couple attitude changes, and I asked him if he wanted to get Embrace the Chaos put on T-shirts <laughs> uh, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Might be the team's manager this year.
0: I like that. I like that too. um Eric Francis covers the Flames for Sportsnet. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. Doesn't it feel like October, November are really key for this team, Eric? Because if they get off to a slow start, man, those questions are going to start to mount.
1: Totally agree. Totally agree. They get off to a great start, and then he's and the last is a whole lot more comfortable saying, "Yeah, you know what? We are still a good team. We're heading in a good direction. Give me that piece of paper, I'll sign it." And uh, but and and just as important, well, not just as importantly, but importantly as well, is back when, You know, may want to do the same sort of thing. But you know, in, in both cases, to be completely honest, if I'm both those players, I'm waiting to see how the season unfolds. You know, on the whole, um, you know. A month in, we all know how that can go. Uh, you can have a great start, and then it all goes, you know, goes away. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's a great start is so important more than anything for, for what Anderson calls the swagger, you know. And when a player has swagger, uh, it's much easier to continue and keep it going and build on that confidence. Obviously, the confidence was lacking last year. Uh, we saw it with Weger We saw it with poor old Jonathan Huberdeau. We definitely saw it with Markstrom uh i could, i could keep going down the list so many guys had terrible seasons so i agree with you getting off to a good start and reminding them that they actually still have the personnel to be a contender for the playoffs you know early on would be would be huge
2: I think I'm fascinated to see where he ends up playing as we talk about Rasmus just a little bit more because him and Uyghur were an outstanding pair at the end, but him and Hannafin have that confidence that they've just played together as essentially a top pair for like the last three or four seasons almost. What any, any feeling on, on what might evolve here as far as Rasmus and that type of thing?
1: It's such a great question because I think there's more involved than just who plays best with who? I like to think that that's the, the coach will just try to find who the best combos are. But think about it: like you know, Hannafin's gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, do you want to start the season showcasing Hannafin? You know, alongside say Rasmus Anderson on the top pairing, or alongside Weegar? Like I, you know, I, I, the inclination I think, and the way it's going to move in the future is it's going to be Weegar and Anderson playing together. I mean, that's going to be their premier pairing. But, you know, you, you know Heffield has always been your kind of number three guy who could play in the number one lo- pairing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm so fascinated to see who plays with who. Rasmus Anderson said that he thought, now again, this is a teammate pumping his t- teammates' tires, but, you know, he thought Weger was one of the best defensemen in the league, certainly in the second half of the season, when not only was his strong defensive play, which he claims was all year long, was at you know added to that was the fact that he was starting to get a bunch of points too. So and then of course we all saw well we didn't see it because nobody watches it but we heard about the World Championships where uh, Uyghur had a really good tournament. So I think everybody feels like Weger is going to be the old Uyghur, the guy they acquired, the guy they knew they were getting in the deal. And if they do, then man oh man, uh, it's hard not to put him with Rasmus Anderson.
2: The conversation about captain is a difficult one, I think, because Rasmus is right in that chat. Backlund is as well. But like you've just talked about, unless Michael decides to put the pen to paper and and decide to stick around for a couple of years, that feels like a hard kind of choice to make for the Flames. And apart from that, you've probably got several other names. Uyghur, Huberto, I'm sure I'm shortchanging somebody. But how are you kind of looking at this decision that the organization has to make as far as putting the C on a jersey, by the end of training camp.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's an easy decision and, and I just want to go back to the guy. I think you're shortchanging is, is Coleman.
2: Sure. Yeah, by uh, all means.
1: I, I just don't think people say his name enough when this discussion comes out. Uh, I know in the room he's certainly looked at as, as one of the biggest leaders in the team. Been there, done that. You know, handles the media as well as anyone I've ever dealt with in my career. Um, just love the guy and I think fans love him And but I also think that your captain has to be one of your best players and not to slight Coleman, uh, but the role he's been given, you know, he's somewhere between a second and third liner. I just, to me, it's just so obvious. Rasmus Anderson, your captain. It's just so, I don't think there's much of a discussion. There will be plenty of discussion. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just think it's so, you know, Anderson answers the question properly. He says, I would never turn that down. I'd be honored to be the captain, but we have so many great leaders, and no matter which person they decide should be the captain of this team, it's going to be the right choice because I have faith in the coach and the general manager. Those are the words of Rasmus Anderson. I just think there he is. The captains empower their teammates and their, their organization. And, you know, it was just so well put that I believe in this organization. I believe in the direction. I believe in this new rookie general manager, this rookie coach, and they're going to make the right call. And that right call is at Rasmus Anderson. It really is a you know, Matty, you saw me many times after a game. He'd come out. Yep. No matter how tough the loss was, there he was, Rasmus Anderson. I asked him, like, did they ask you to take on that role, or did you just take it upon yourself? Or maybe you just wanted to kind of give Michael Backlund a little more support. And he just said, no, it's part of being in the Canadian market. When you win or when you lose, you got to stand there and answer the questions. And, uh, again, if you don't need to be told that and you just do it, that's another sign that you're captain material to me. And and all that, on top of all that, he's their number one defenseman by quite a bit, and uh, and he's played like it. And I, I, just, I just don't think there's any debate. It's Rasmus Anderson for me. Plus, he's got three years left on his contract. That's a big part of it, too.
0: Eric, what should be the reasonable expectation for Oliver Shillington this year?
1: Man, what a good question. I... The reason why I, I think the expectation is uh, he's a top four defenseman. Like, that's the way he's going to be played. That's what they expect of him. You know, they kept pointing out that he was on his skates the whole year. Um, you know, he was dealing with, with uh, you know, the mental side of his life. and uh, But they, they still say physically he was out on the ice all the time. Now, you can't replicate, you know, any of the reps you're going to get in an NHL practice or – in an NHL game, of course, but I I don't think it's unreasonable at all, given he's right in the prime of his career, uh, given the, the the skating ability he has. I, I don't think it's unreasonable at all to suggest that right from the get go he can fit in on that second pairing, whoever that is, alongside.
2: What about Nikita Zadorov? What's a reasonable expectation for him? Because or is he what he is at this point in his career?
1: Well, I think he is what he is. I, yeah. You know, Sutter Sutter was so good for Zadorov because, uh, and, and hey, don't get me wrong, Ryan Huska was the defensive coach, so he worked closely and probably well. He worked closer with Zadorov than Sutter would have. But that whole coaching staff taught Zadorov how to stop being a, an adventure.
0: <laughs> you know, the
1: guy's a talented guy. We saw how offensive-minded he can be last year. But I think last year there were times where he kind of got back to being that wandering adventure on the ice that cost the team a lot of goals. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the flip side is he scored a lot of goals too, and he created a lot of offense, but they wanted him to be a quiet defenseman where he just positionally sound. Don't take as many chances as he did last year. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see if he stays with that this year, or if he starts to wander again and and become an adventure. Um, He'll be a real interesting guy to watch. Now, I don't think there's much question. He's a third pairing defenseman, um, so the pressure's kind of off. But it also means that he's that's even more reason why he's gotta be sound defensively first and foremost. And I think he can do it. He just needs to be reminded, you know, at all times to, to be that guy.
2: Couple of assistants on this staff that are gonna be new, Dan Lambert and Mark Savard. How much conversation have you had with either of them? And And what are you kind of expecting for these two in their first season with the Flames in coaching roles?
1: You know, I, I, I mean, Lambert, I don't know much about. I Mm -hmm. I have a lot of, some mutual friends and, and, and and obviously he's respected around the league, but, but uh, Savard, you know, I covered Savard when he was here as a player and, uh, you know, he was a cocky, cocky young guy back then and, (laughs) And, uh, and and ended up, after he left Calgary, had a great career. You know, at one point, I do think he was the best playmaker in hockey, or at least, you know, top five. You know, how that translates into coaching, we're going to have to see. You know, he, he claims that he's going to come in here, they claim that he's going to come in here and add some real creativity and innovation to the power play. And I'm fascinated to see what that means. Um, I think it's a great hire because they want their their forwards to be – forwards and be creative and be themselves. You know, Conroy keeps saying, once we get into the offensive zone, I want these guys to do what they do. Today's players do things that Conroy says he could never do or the past players could never do and he wants them to, to explore those you know, just how creative they can be. Um, so, And Savard will probably help them along the way with that. So I, I, I'm really interested to see what he does with the power play. We know that the power play has the talent. Be one of the better ones in the league. I, I believe that anyway, with the playmaker and Huberto and some of the finishers they have. So, I, I he's the one I'm going to be more interested in probably talking to the most. Is Mark Savard because he's also a really good quote too. He's a good guy.
0: Um, I've had this uh, this take. I'm dining out on it the last uh, week and a half. Asked Julian McKenzie the same question yesterday. Can the Flames make the playoffs if they're t- if their power plays outside the top twelve?
1: Oh my God. I Top 12. Eh? I, that's a good question. I, I don't, it's going to be tough. I think it's tough for any team to make the playoffs. if your power plays not in the top half of the league, but obviously many teams, a handful of teams make the playoffs every year without that top 12, top 15, you know, ranking. I, it's just so important when you're a team that's clearly going to enter the season as a, as a, a team on the cusp of making the playoffs. I think that's where most people will forecast them being for just outside the playoffs or just in. And you need things like the power play to go your way. If you're going to, if you're going to make the playoffs. So, I, you know, I'll answer the question in short by saying, no, if they, if they can't get in the top 12, hmm. they won't make the playoffs. Um, Cause they're going to need every little advantage to try and, you know, get into the playoffs. Look at last year, how, how, small the margin was between them making the playoffs and not. And we look at all those overtime losses and shootout losses and man, one more power play goal on any number of those games and they're in the playoffs last year. So it is pretty important.
0: Um, Eric, before I let you go, uh, it's always fun catching up. Uh, Do you have something that irks you or no? Like are you still in this good mind space that you're not, you know, there's, there isn't something that's really grinding your gears really, really has, really, really stuck in your craw? Like, is there something that, you know, that that it's kind of bothering you a little bit?
1: Well, I'm on my way right now to play in Pritis. And I've been fascinated for a while as a guy who lives in the north side of the city with 22X. Like, (laughs) is 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 it still called 22X? Have they changed the name? What is it called now? How can you have a road called something for so long and then just change it? Can, can someone help me out? You guys don't spend any time in the south, I'm imagining, so you can't really shed much light on it. But <laughs> there are times when I approach the southern tip of our city and people now tell me, oh, no, 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 no it's not called 22X anymore. It's called something else, and I don't even remember. Is it Stony now? I mean, would this- no. Is it called Stony for a portion? No, because I t- I just took Stony to get... To a portion now that's called 22 <laughs> but when you get near Deerfoot and you're going the text line can help me or maybe I'm imagining all this but there's a portion where it used to just be when you're leaving Deerfoot and going on to 22X it just said 22X I'm pretty damn sure it's not 22X they call it anymore it's something else and my question is how the hell can you do that to someone who lives way far away from the, the south side of the city that irks me
0: Okay, I love it, um, uh, Eric. Uh, look forward to uh, a lot more of uh, what's irking you throughout the hockey season. Uh, we'll talk soon, pal. Thanks for this.
1: I'll have plenty. Good to talk to you, boys. We'll talk to you soon.
0: There he is on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest Hotline. Uh, can you answer his question? You, you, you're 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 born and bred Calgarian.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he's very right. Like I don't spend a lot of time down in the. <laughs> Southern points where there is a lack like, of transit you and, I are and downtown people. Is that what it is? I don't know if "elitist" is the right word. Definitely but... not elitist.
0: Um, Google you know, the says. The reason why I live where I live trail. is because it's so close to the radio station. <laughs> yeah,
2: like that's the. Yeah, it's like the main thing, right? That's yeah, all that we so like a walk really to work. focused on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. That's it. Yes, a hundred percent. But 100%. alas, not a secret. Mm-mm. No, no secret.
0: All right. Uh, Dave Dickinson next. Uh, what's, what's the big question you want to ask Dave Dickinson? Like what?
2: Uh, well, NFL cuts are happening. So is there any paying attention to that this year? Because that's something that the Stampeders typically would keep a pretty close eye on. Um, that would be pretty front of mind for me um apart from that it's just getting ready for these labor day games like a lot of people thought these were going to be free spaces on the bingo card right get through this four gauntlet game stretch of the argos and the bombers and the lions and they got through and they got one win out of four and that's not great but it was looked at as like oh now you just get the elks and now the elks have won back-to-back games and trey ford looks like he actually knows what he's doing out there so things have changed george they've changed in a hurry it's a week-to-week league, much yes, like it sir. is in
0: the National Football League. Dave Dickinson, next Impossible Flames Trivia 2. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio, it's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We'll wrap up this hour with Impossible Flames Trivia. Your chance to win a $50 gift card from our good friends at vk Bruco and some swag Adnan Verk at the top of the next hour, and we're still taking your text messages at 960-960-Name-and-Location in honor of Aaron Rodgers telling a Giants D-Lineman, I don't even know who you are, bro. What's the best beer league chirp either you've given out, you've received, you've heard, 960 960 name and location but our next guest on the atlas pizza and sports Bar guest hotline is the head coach and gm of your calgary stampeders we say good morning to dave dickinson dave how are you i'm good guys how are you uh dave did you have a uh, did you have a standard chirp that you used to do like how much talking did you do on the football field nah
3: uh, no reason to chirp when you're not tough you know what i mean it's uh <laughs> okay. i just i'd get the kick out of the guys that chirp when they're really fake tough they're just uh, out there acting tough, knowing the rest will step in. I mean, you really know if someone's tough when they chirp, when no one's around. When That's when they have to back it up. So no chirping from me, except uh, I used to say stuff like, it's going to take more than that to get me out of here. And then later in my career, I'd say, like, yep, that was enough. I'm out of here. That, that one hurt. <laughs> <laughs> was, was there ever a time where you get sacked and they're talking junk
0: to you on top of you, Dave? Did that happen? Oh,
3: yeah. All the time all the time. That's what I mean. They basically say, I'm coming. I'm all night, all night. And I basically, I'm here. Come on, figure it out. I never said like, I'm going to dice you or I'm like kick butt or anything like that. I just kind of just fine. Here I am. Uh, figure it out. It was a little bit. I was pretty focused on doing my job instead of talking. Uh, so, uh, certainly I think guys need to do that. Certain guys have that energy that, that makes them play better. So, um, That's the way it goes. DBs, linebackers seem to be the guys that chirp the most. Coach,
2: what? Hey, who's this? I, I oh, just want sorry, to sneak sorry, one buddy. little one in on here. What? What was sure. more unsettling? Was it the big a defensive lineman who wouldn't say anything the entire game and just kind of have the crazy eyes, or is it the guy who would constantly be chirping? I
3: don't remember anyone really throwing me off. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you look at my generation, like a guy like Johnny Scott on the inside. He just looked. Like he was, he was a guy that was going to just cause pain, um, you know, like Monford or those type of guys on the edge talked all the time. Uh, I didn't have a big problem with it when I ended up having good tackles. Like I know in BC, he hit me a lot a few times, and then we got uh, Rob Murphy and, and on the left side, and all of a sudden Monford's on his back, and I enjoyed watching film a lot more those games. But uh, another guys that are probably the silent assassins to me. You look at him, you're like, that guy's a bit scary. Um, I never really paid attention to because, you know what, if you're looking at the D-line, you're not going to play well. So I just kind of mm-hmm. kept the head the eyes up, tried to figure out the back-end coverage. But I knew when I needed to get rid of the ball quicker than, than other games.
0: Well, I, I was going to ask you who the scariest guy you played against, but who's the guy who hit you the hardest, Dave? Do you remember that?
3: Probably Fred Perry, Sask. Um, <laughs> yeah he got me you didn't really that. hesitate on that you knew right away yeah. who hit you the hardest <laughs> it was a big hit well, yeah i know the play and everything i completed it but we had a mess up in protection and the sam came and our running back and our tackle both went out to it i've been hit pretty hard a few times you know uh most of the time i knew if there was a free guy but sometimes i i would i would know if we should get it picked up so i'd kind of sit in there and, and assume that it would get picked up right and those are the ones uh jackie mitchell got me pretty good i mean um, uh, lots of guys probably hit me hard, but I know those certainly a couple hits, uh, that I remember or barely remember those two are, those are at the top of the list.
0: Um, Dave, obviously a uh, wild game in Toronto last week. Uh, you guys went down 39, 31 in a game that's so high scoring. How do you manage things on the sideline when so many things are happening during that game?
3: Well, it was hard. It was like uh, big momentum swings both ways, big plays. Um, you know, we definitely kept fighting. I know early we got down, and uh, was, we needed some of our big plays to kind of bring us back into it. I, I like the I like the energy on the sideline. It's it's just that we we can't seem to find a game that three phases play well together. We like a, a group that's played well. The previous game struggles and vice versa. And, um, you know, we're right in it, but we're not getting the job done. So it does take a lot out of you. It really does. It takes a lot out of the players and the coaches when I mean, you feel like the opportunity is there and you can't seem to get the job done. And we got to find a way to break through and, and, and create some momentum now.
2: Coach, when you look back at this game and the first game against Toronto, is there – there's no small victories here at this point in the season, but what are some of the positives that you can take and kind of talk to your guys about as you get into this practice week and get ready for those two games against the Elks that can kind of get you right back in this thing if you get a couple of wins heading into that bye?
3: Well, you always want to win. When when you have a back-to-back, you want to win your home game. That's your number one priority. So for us, it's got to be this Labor Day game right now. Um, and then try to go steal one on the road. That's always been the mentality in this in this back-to-back series against these guys. Uh, for me, you take away, we have played, everybody in the league uh, really only had one game where we didn't come out and play to our best and, and show that we were competitive. Um, you know, when I say that, when our best is just feel like we've been able to beat any team in this league. So we played... The top two teams in back-to-back weeks, we got beat by one by Winnipeg, and then uh, had our chances till that late punt return against Toronto. So I think the guys are believe that they can win. It's just now we got to get get the job done. So winning breeds winning. So Edmonton's got two in a row as well. There they feel like they've turned their season around. They have a chance now, and uh, you know these these two games will kind of set uh, either team if they can sweep it, set their season up to at least make a, a potential run to get in the playoffs and And once you're in the dance, anything can happen.
2: How encouraging was it to see Reggie Bagleton have such a productive contest?
3: Um. Yeah. Listen, he's had a a pretty dang good year, but the last game was was his best, amazing effort. Um, Just looked like he was trying to carry us. Him and Jake Mm -hmm. had a good good connection. You know, they started their back end, got beat up, and um, you know they were playing mostly zone, but Reggie was still finding his windows and. We did. Uh, we were able to find some shots over the top. And when we're, when we're explosive, you know, we've always had, you know, to me those inside slots are good possession guys. But when they can take the ball down the field and make explosive plays, that's when our offense is at its best.
2: How do you evaluate your defense in this game? Because the first game against Toronto, Chad Kelly goes out really early, and that became a big talking point after the victory for your club, rightfully or wrongfully so. How did you feel your defense performed against Chad Kelly in a full four-quarter performance?
3: Well, like I said, they've had a good year. Um, kept us in the Winnipeg game multiple times. It uh, wasn't their best. Uh, we, we had some breakdowns. We're still messing with our back end. We're trying to find the right mix. Made some plays, but also gave up some big ones. And um, you know, give them credit as well. I, I mean, one of their long ones. We we, we had him in our arms. He broke free. And made a great throw. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. They were hot as well. Um, you know, settle into what we do well. Settle into what we do well, and continue to increase our tackling. I think that's the one thing you'll notice on our defense when we play well. We're tackling. We're getting guys to the ground. We're we're, we're swarming the ball. Uh, that's something we'll need to do this week.
2: Tell us about the challenge that Trey Ford presents. As you mentioned, feels like the Elks have maybe turned a corner here on their season, and a big part has been Trey Ford getting the ball and, and being able to run with it.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've played some very dynamic quarterbacks. Um, he can throw. He's, he's fast. I mean, he's straight fast. He's probably as fast as anyone on the field. Uh, but he has that arm that, that makes it a weapon. Uh, still a young quarterback so when you do that you want to mix up your looks and, and give him things to, different things to look at uh, last year we did play him and knocked him out of the game and uh, you know that's what you got to do if a quarterback's coming across the line of scrimmage he's got to make sure he, he feels you um, hopefully we have to do a good job containing him and also like I said that, that comes back to tackling tackling as a group of 12 and, and making sure we don't give him second chances
0: um, Dave, uh, final cutdowns uh, in the NFL before they get ready for their season. Uh, do you have your eye on specific players? How closely do you monitor that situation?
3: We monitor it. I'm um, just not sure how many of the guys are going to jump right away to come up here, but there was a nice, uh, to me, a lot of good football players that got released I know Canada was shocked that Nathan Rourke got released. Right. It's part of a process. And, uh, you know, I personally, I don't know what was said over there between Jacksonville and his agent himself, but it is a tough league to break in, and there's so many good players that don't necessarily uh, make active rosters. And those are the guys we need to get up here, get excited about the CFL, and show them what a great opportunity our league is and, and build them. So we saw some guys, obviously, we like um, – in our league, Julian Good Jones got released. I'm, I am expecting him to get a practice roster offer, but I don't know that. Uh, he was probably our main guy that, as far as, uh, we we've been tracking. But there's certainly tons of other talent, and we let it kind of the process happen. Waivers, and do they sign on the practice roster? And if not, are they willing to come up? Do they have their passport? Um, those are the guys we're looking hard at and working hard to see if they can make us a better team.
0: Uh, Dave, just before I let you go, how much do the juices flow for those Labor Day games?
3: I've always enjoyed them, I mean, and the fans too. It's just this week we're supposed to hit that blackout, uh, so I, I'm excited to see what the fans do. I, I love it when the fans come and wear the same color. I just think it's cool as a stadium. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, quite a bit of red and, and very little green. That's, that's the goal. But I, I think the blackout <laughs> would be fun for everybody to just come. Everyone owns a black shirt, uh, kind of make it seem what it is, get the Jets over, and, and really try to have a great game.
0: Uh, Dave Dickinson, head coach and GM of your Calgary Stampeders. Dave, thanks for this. Best of luck this week. Okay, guys. Talk to you next week. There he is, Dave Dickinson on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest yes, hotline. Um, on Labor Day, we stuff. wear black. Yes, because you're mourning the end of the summer.
2: Uh, or the end of the Elks in Calgary on Labor Day. Am I right? Yeah. You know, you know, I'm... Uh, you know, I
0: want I want Dave and the Stamps to do well. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I because I, I, he he's, he takes time out of his busy week to join us on the show. I appreciate him. He's a great guest, fun guy to talk to. But I do have a bit of a soft spot for Trey Ford.
2: Why do you have a spot, soft spot for well, Trey Ford?
0: We come from the same city, that's
2: why. Oh. Brothers in arms from Toronto. Just saying. Love Just it. Just saying. I didn't know he was from Toronto. Okay, first of all, he's not from Toronto. Where's he from?
0: Scarborough? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <it's an> <laughs> which is Toronto, anyway. Um, yeah, GTA. Yeah, stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> every anything east <laughs> of Calgary is the GTA. Essentially, no, what I've no, there. No, it's
2: east of Winnipeg.
0: East of Winnipeg. Sorry, my yeah. bad.
2: And then there's Quebec somewhere too, but I'm not very sure where.
0: <laughs> yeah, where is it on a map? Ask an American: Can you point out Quebec City on a map? What now, <laughs> France?
2: <laughs> isn't no, it just that water up there? Yeah, isn't it just all water? Don't you guys have laws and state lines up there? Yeah, not just an unbridled chaos. Really? Um,
0: we play a game here every Wednesday. Uh huh. Usually on Wednesday, unless we forget and then we have to move it to Thursday. Uh, it's impossible flames trivia. Okay. Uh, it's it's a game I cooked up myself. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, you can't Google these things because they come out of my big dumb head. Mm-mm. The way it works is I give you three current or former members of the Calgary Flames, and you have to find out the connection. And if you do, you'll win a $50 gift card from our good friends at VK Brew Co. And some swag. Some swag. Some fresh strip, Love it. Uh, GVP, I texted you the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely difficult today or no?
2: I-, I never know how to answer this. Like, I, I-, I try and give... <laughs> Like a number out of ten, and then I'm always wrong. I'm just gonna say it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with that. Well, man. is it hard? Not go last week. Easy flames trivia. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. See, that's it's the thing. I don't even know how to judge it if it's trivia. easier than last week or not. Last week, the, the clues were just like that's the thing that shot it. Yeah, just the awful. crews were chaotic. They were terrible clues. Well, okay, like why don't you guys just slow down a little <laughs> bit?
0: Okay, <laughs> you are terrible. You idiot.
2: <laughs> the worst clues I've
0: ever heard,
2: brother. This guy stinks. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, that was you. Like you should have just threw your mic in the garbage. Yeah, you should. You garbage <laughs> man. Retire. You know why? Because you're a garbage man.
2: <laughs> right back to you're school. Garbage clues. Yeah. Clown. Just- hey, look at this clown. <laughs>
0: Everyone, Everyone laughed. By at the, the clown. way, we're talking about chirps. Clown is a. It's just a. We'll clowns. Okay. All right. I like clown. Nah, it sucks. Shut it, clown. Yeah, I hate big guy too. Hey, big guy. Oh man, Ace Sport <laughs> Chief. That's what I come back. Boss. That's what Who I calls come back you with. big guy? <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm not short. Well, you're pretending like I'm. You're pretending I'm like three apples high. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I wouldn't call you tall. No, but I, I wouldn't. I'm not short. Well. Shorter than me, so okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, shortest on
2: the show, shortest on the show, and it's not really close. Okay,
0: well, okay, (laughs) you guys are all above average height.
2: I'm 5'10, I'm not short. I don't vote across the room. I'd say short GVP, I'd vote short. Yeah, I'd vote short. Shan, well, I'm 5'9, so short. Yeah, suck on that, boys. Yeah, pretty short. So, Shan's pretty short, too.
0: You guys are talking like I you know I can't even ride a roller coaster.
2: Like well, calm down. How many times have you asked us to get things that are too high up for you? Yes, because of air. all the
0: high things we have in our in the store shelves in the studio <laughs> that I can't reach. What are you talking about? Hey George, hey Maddie, can you please reach Impossible <laughs> Flames trivia? It's on the top shelf today. I can't get it. What are Don't you talking re- about? Right
2: me? next to the Clorox wipes that you wiped down yes. the studio with.
0: I can definitely reach those.
2: Don't you have to get on your tippy toes to scan your card, get in the room? Isn't oh, my it? goodness. Isn't thats is that not true? Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> <sighs> play impossible flames trivia hit it, gbp let's do it big guy
1: <laughs> get your Thanks, thinking East. cap ready because it's time for george Russick to deliver
3: today's impossible flames trivia question
2: okay i'm ready i'm gonna get this first try today
0: uh impossible flames trivia is brought to you by veranda a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house vacay brewco and burwood distillery 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest, and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. Very simple. This is how we play. I give you three current or former members of your Calgary Flames. You have to find out the connection. The way you win is you got to text us at 960-960, name and location. You can only win if you put your name and location, and you haven't won in the past 30 days. Mm Mm-hmm. What was her name who won last week? Who Shauna. nailed it?
2: Shauna. Okay. you got a, a great memory. memory for that stuff, GBP. Well done. Oh, I have it in you. front of me. So. Okay, there you go. Oh, okay. there I was going
0: to say. All that milk you're drinking yeah. is really paying <laughs> wow.
2: off. I thought it was like orange why juice. why so tall. Helps his bones. Yeah. Very tall. Extremely tall.
0: Um, We got three names for you here. Uh-huh. And you got to find out the connection. The first name. Shauna? Nope. Oh. Uh, Andrew Mangiapane was born on April 4th, 1996. He's a winger for the Calgary Flames of the National Hockey League. He previously played with the Barry Colts of the OHL. He was selected by the Flames in the 6th round, 166th overall, of the 2015 NHL entry draft. Majapani was voted as the most valuable player by the media at the 2021 IIHF World Hockey Championships in Latvia. During that tournament... He scored seven goals and four assists in seven games to help propel Canada to his first world championship since, you guessed it, 2016. He was the hero. Showed up, scored a bunch of goals, won gold, came home. Loved it. Dylan Dubé, born July 20th, 1998. He's a Canadian professional ice hockey center and right winger for your Calgary Flames in the NHL. Dubé was selected 56th overall. In the 2016 NHL Entry Draft by the Flames, Dubé won a silver with Canada's under-20 team and the 2017 World Junior Championships. Dubé was later selected to captain Team Canada's under-20 team at the 2018 World Junior Championships in Buffalo, New York, winning gold. Mmm, dilly dooby doo. Let's go. Looking forward to to a big year. year. As as our man Julie McKenzie would say, "Jacques Pelletier,
2: Jacques Pelletier."
0: Uh, Jacob Peltier was born March seven, two thousand one. is a Canadian professional ice hockey winger for the Calgary Flames, and played a lot for the American Hockey League's Wranglers. Mm. Uh, he was selected by the Flames twenty sixth overall in the twenty nineteen NHL Entry Draft. Pelletier helped Canada win gold. At the Halinka Gretzky mm. Cup in twenty eighteen.
2: Mm. So I there are your this. three
0: names. Jacob Pelchier, Dylan Dubay, mm. Andrew Majapani, nine sixty, nine sixty, name and location. They all have something in common.
2: They're all Calgary Flames.
0: Correct. Uh, who are three Flames guys who are who are t- taller than Shorty George? I, is Jacob <laughs> Peltier taller than me? I don't. I
2: um, no. I don't, don't think know. so. I think he's 5'9". Oh, yeah, suck on that, Texter. <laughs> yeah. What a shrimp. Uh,
0: oh, yep, damn five it! Nine. Damn you! Yeah, but, I'm
2: taller than Jacob Peltier. Yeah, five nine.
0: Eat it. Eat it. <laughs> They're all taller than George. Yes, we get it. They're all under six feet tall, short, Cade and High River. Excuse me, all these, like, trees out there listening, all these, like, incredibly tall people. I didn't know we had half the NBA listening to our show. And you know what the, the, the irony in all of this is, too? What? Like, literally, Serbia is, like, one of the tallest countries on average, not this guy.
2: No, 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 no,
0: nope. When they were handing out femurs, I slept in. You do have you
2: do have short femurs. You have yeah, you, I do. You have very standard torso. It's a long torso. It's a long torso. Sure. Short femurs, though. Yeah, big time. All three have called George big guy. Yeah, <laughs> keep going.
0: <laughs> uh, they're all the same height. No. Oh, look at this. 26, 56, 66. All drafted as a six.
2: Huh? Is there not what I'm looking for, though? Mm, you also mentioned Team Canada in all three of your descriptors. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Mm. 960, 960, name location. Jeremy and Calgary, all three have won gold on the international stage. True, but not what I'm looking for. 960, 960. Jacob Pelletier. Dylan Dubey, Andrew Majapani. Hint number one The Mango is the 65th episode of the sitcom Seinfeld. Sorry, what? The Mango <laughs> is the 65th episode of the sitcom Seinfeld.
2: The Mango.
0: That's the title of the 65th episode.
2: Of the city. I, I thought you said it was 66.
0: GBP, you know the answer. That clue doesn't help you whatsoever. Yeah, these clues and stink. you even know these the clues answer.
2: Stink again? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Great. I'm
0: sorry. Excellent. I'm sorry. I gotta get past the, the, the clue judges over here on the base of my <laughs> clues. The Simon Cowles of clues. GBP and Maddie. Yeah. I apologize.
2: Yeah, where's my red X?
0: Yeah, you guys are like the Russian judge. Or <laughs> like Suley and Peltier, the French judge in you know, 02. That's you and GVP. Hey. No, g- no, no. No gold medal no, for no, you. No, no.
2: <laughs> That's no, you sir. guys.
0: Sorry. Well, 960, 960. Name and location. Jacob Peltier. Could just be better. Dylan Dubey or Andrew Majapani. Because uh, we're running on time. Okay. I'm going to give you another easy clue. Okay.
2: Good. Let's go.
0: Oh, like like they're all flying in here um do you see anything remotely close gvP
2: uh Colby and drum Heller was somewhat on the right pace don't look Matt or Co- Cody and drum Heller sorry oh okay
0: Ooh. yeah sort Ooh. of on the he's on the scent yeah he's on the trail where is the bud here um one of these a day will keep the doctor away one of these a day will keep the doctor away It's an apple Mm. You know what? Nothing gets past Matt Rose.
2: I'm sharp as a tack.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There's one guy who is lasers focused at all times of this show. It's Matt Rose.
2: Are you being sarcastic? No. 960
0: 960 name and location. Jacob Pelletier. Dylan DuBe, Andrew Mangiapane. Hint: uh, You ready for clue number three? I'm ready. We're really running low. I'm time. ready.
2: Your apple bits or your fruit joke, your fruit clues are not helping. So I'll, give me something more tangible. Um, fake dubs are still dubs. Fake dubs are still dubs. That's preseason reference. He is sharp this morning. <laughs> You're right. Wow. Fake dubs. Are real dubs. Is that what you said? Yes, I did. Fake dubs are real dubs. Okay. The Gee, mango, I don't think I could lay it on any more than that. 66.
0: Do you want me to get back to the Seinfeld clue? I. No, the mango no, that is one... the 65th episode of the sitcom I, Seinfeld. I'm
2: literally holding my hand over the clue on the paper because that one feels like it's not helping.
0: They all love fruit. There's no. an apple. Like, you know, it's unbelievable how many people. Oh, see, we're really close. You got to put your name and location to win, though.
2: The apple is first...
0: name and location.
2: There's going to be something preseason here for sure. There's going to be something apple related, which is another word for an assist. Uh-huh. And then there's the mango, which I don't know what to do with this. The 65 episode, is that what it was? 65th or 66th? Yeah, I really
0: threw you guys off with uh, the whole six thing.
2: They all wore, they all...
0: Oh, Kelsey and Renfrew, they all had six points in international play. That's a good one, but not what I'm looking for. 960, 960, name and location. The mango is the 65th episode of the sitcom Seinfeld. One of these a day
2: keeps the doctor away. Fake dubs are still dubs. They all had an assist in a 6-5 victory in preseason. Oh, that's very close. Is it 960, actually?
0: 960, 960, it
2: is. Uh, oh. Nine sixty nine sixty
0: name and location. Uh, Ken each led the team in assists in preseason. Close, but not what I'm looking for, Ken.
2: They all had six or five assists to lead their team in preseason? Yeah, I've
0: really thrown you guys off. Literally got you off the scent with uh the number 6. It has nothing to do with the number 6 whatsoever.
2: Does it have anything to do with the mango?
0: Uh the episode of the Mango the Seinfeld is where a one uh the one where Elaine talks about faking
2: orgasms. I
0: that as in fake as in preseason.
2: But we already got that from the third
0: clue. I know, but I, that was the first clue I gave out.
2: This is
0: Oh, Wedley is so close. We almost gave Wedley a what prize. That would go against everything I believe in on this show.
2: That's their free season, first preseason point against Carl.
0: All right, I'm going to give you the answers. <laughs> we got to get to man. These clues are person. ridiculous.
2: I'm 6'3". I can be tall or smart. Or <laughs> smart. Not both. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to text it out. I'm going to tell you. Uh, wait. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, the first person who texts the answer in with their name and location will win. All of them had an assist in the Flames' first preseason win over the past two years. They all had an assist in Calgary's first preseason win over the past two years.
2: We are so close, guys. We were all so close. Oh, my God. Oh,
0: playing in New York. No. Why? Well, I don't know. Like, well, again, New York I just came. told you the answer. Just text that in, people. Not in New York, Eric Smith in Calgary.
2: Uh that got texted in while you were reading the answer, just for what it was worth. He he hadn't heard it yet.
0: Okay, yeah, Peter got it. Don't roast right. our boy too much. Congratulations, Peter. Oh no, wait. Oh no, it was Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Uh Jeff from Heritage Point. Uh you're in. You won. Okay. Impossible Flames trivia. Congratulations. Excellent job, today. everybody. Uh, you want a $50 gift card from our good friends at, uh, VK Brewco. Impossible Flames Travis brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm to table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from House VK Bruco and Burwood Distillery. 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. It's a sweet prize. They got tasty food there. You should make your way out there. The patio is banging too.
2: Yeah, oh, the patios, it looks incredible. Yes. And the food is so good. And the booze is so Um, good. And their merch is so good. Today's edition was a struggle. But it's still
0: an extremely popular game that just inundates our text line. It just fills it up.
2: It does and next. It was really good. Everyone and Verk next. I also if I can reach really, the microphone really appreciated segment. everybody committing to the bit early on. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um then Verk next. We'll ask him what he considers short. <laughs> let's do it. Let's yeah. let's see. We won't we won't lead the witness. We'll just ask right. him and see what he says. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh We'll do that next. And uh, we're doing chirps and stuff for movie passes in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, with the behemoths that are Matty Rose and <laughs> GVP.
2: <laughs> we're humongous. Sp-
0: heavy eye roll. that 960, <laughs> the fan.
2: Big boy.